US stocks surged over the weekend to record highs, and markets are looking out this week for three crucial central bank decisions. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ Australia senior economist Adelaide Timbrell explains why big shopping centres with multiplex cinemas are doing much better than shops in and around CBDs. There's a reason that Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well. There's a reason that the Australian Open is likely to do well and that Taylor Swift got sold out in 10 seconds. If people are going to be spending extra money right now, it's more likely to be on a service. And that's a hangover effect from having so long where those services were not an available part of household consumption due to the pandemic. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, US stocks surged more than 1% on Friday to hit record highs, with investors still betting on a soft US landing and that all those geopolitical dramas around won't upset the Apple card. The S&P 500 rose 1.2% to a record high close of 4,838.9. That's the highest level since January the 3rd, 2022. Stocks have actually fallen 25% between then and October 2022 as the Fed rapidly hiked rates. But now markets are betting on rate cuts from early to mid-2024 in the US and Europe. Here's ANZ's Group Chief Economist Richard Yettinger on the risks ahead and the positives. The Economist magazine says 2024 is the biggest election year in history. Uh, There's some risks that the European Central Bank has over-tightened and might have some challenges. China's trying to manage this enormous mode shift from a really fast-growing economy to something which is more slowly growing and, and I guess you'd say more sober. You've got climate change on top of that. Of course, lots of things to worry about, but actually, let's not forget, the US economy is still doing pretty well. Balance sheets are still in very good shape. The Fed so far, the evidence is they've calibrated this cycle relatively well. And yes, there's probably easing coming, but not emergency easing and not easing that is required to forestall recession. Number two, looking ahead at interest rates and monetary policy around the world this week, there's three big decisions and three expected holds, starting with the People's Bank of China today, the Bank of Japan tomorrow, and the European Central Bank on Thursday night. The BOJ is the one to watch closest early on, given its ability to shove global currencies and interest rates around. Here's Richard. They do have a habit of surprising, but it doesn't seem like there's enough evidence there for the Bank of Japan to be so confident that they've got policy settings calibrated to get inflation sustainably, keep inflation sustainably at target. I think we'll see the Bank of Japan skip another opportunity to move interest rates. Number three, China is also seen holding. We don't get any sense that there's a lot of a push for a forceful easing cycle. Easing, I would think of as more as calibration than anything else, as the policy authorities continue to try to balance this adjustment to a a slower structural rate of growth. And I think the authorities recognise that. I think the market will continue to be disappointed until it also accepts the idea that China is growing more slowly. Easing won't be used to rekindle a sharp recovery in the growth cycle, what it will be used to do is to ensure that the economy is operating on an even keel. Number four, in Australia and New Zealand this week, we have NAB Business Confidence tomorrow and then NZ CPI on Wednesday, with annual inflation expected to drop to 4.7% from 5.6%. ANZ's NZ Chief Economist Sharon Zollner says the Reserve Bank still has all options on the table. The Reserve Bank will remain cautious of the risk 
that the economy could rebound before they've actually done enough. So they will want to leave all options on the table, including potentially another hike. Basically, we've got CPI data coming up very soon, and and we're not expecting any nasty surprises for the Reserve Bank at all. But if there was one, then yes, they could hike again. Number five, the ECB's decision on Thursday night rounds out the week of central bank action, or at least decisions for inaction. Richard says he's keeping a close eye on the Eurozone's bank lending survey for the December quarter. That's due out on Tuesday night. Eurozone lending has slowed dramatically in recent quarters. I think the ECB will try and dial the market back from expecting easing imminently, but it will still be signalling that the next move is probably for easing. Richard Yetzinger there. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ Australia senior economist Adelaide Timbrell explains why Australia's retail property investment pipeline is struggling, particularly for shops in and around CBDs. Retail property is really being hit from all sides because on the one hand, what the pandemic and those really, really long lockdowns in Australia taught people was how to shop online. It really built those habits, particularly in cities where lockdowns were really long. So we're seeing more online shopping, which means even if retail sales in total were going really well, it wouldn't necessarily mean that retail property was going really well. But we've got that double whammy because not only have people shifted their shopping to online, but total sales are stagnant. We've seen barely any growth through 2023 in retail sales. Even Black Friday and the surrounds of the end of year trading period were really not that strong once you consider how much population growth and inflation there's been through the year. And so what that means is there's just not that sales growth to push retailers into expanding, and there's not that sales growth in bricks and mortar in particular to incentivize that bricks and mortar expansion. So the retail building approvals levels, they're around their kind of 10-year average, but they are falling and there is risk that we'll see less in the retail building space, particularly when we take into account those industry-wide issues, which are higher funding costs, it's it's more expensive to build, it's more expensive to buy materials, it's more expensive to find the labour, it's more expensive to fund it. At the same time, as the average household in Australia is buying less, and of what they're buying, less of their money is going to the retail sector. Could you explain that double whammy for retail with a falling share of household spending on retail and then more retail spending going online? rather than through bricks and mortar shops. Yeah, so during the pandemic and during lockdowns, a much larger than usual percentage of spending was going into the retail sector because that's where a lot of your good spending happens day to day as a household. That's starting to reverse. Now, what I think the good news is for retailers is that although we've seen a huge shift downwards since 2020 on how much of household spending is going to retail from about 36% to the current rate of about 32.5%, that's actually still above what it was in the 10 years on average before COVID. And my view is that we may not see retail as a share of spending come all the way back down to that 31% we saw right before COVID. Now, there's a few reasons for that. One is oil prices are higher, which means travel is becoming less appealing for some people. We're also seeing that because of work from home, there's a little bit of a quicker upgrade cycle of furniture and other household goods. We're not seeing that right now 
now because a lot of people have purchased a lot of furniture and household goods and larger retail items through the pandemic. But in a year or two, we're going to see that start to roll over again. And that's going to roll over quickly and more because people now have work from home office spaces or if they're spending more time at home, they're going to wear out their furniture a little bit quicker or just wear out their eyes and want to actually change things a little bit more often as well. So we, while we are seeing a shift downwards in the retail share of household consumption, the structural side of the economy, the things that have changed long term are on retailer side. It's just that the cyclical side of the economy is not on retailer side. And by that, I mean, the economy is slowing. People have to be a lot more cautious about their purchases. And when that happens, big stuff like furniture and household goods is one of the first things to be taken off the list because you can delay those a lot more easily than you can delay groceries or socializing or things that are a little bit more ephemeral. So we are seeing that also in household services consumption. There's a reason that Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well. There's a reason that the Australian Open is likely to do well and that Taylor Swift got sold out in 10 seconds. If people are going to be spending extra money right now, it's more likely to be on a service. And that's a hangover effect from having so long where those services were not an available part of household consumption due to the pandemic. Adelaide Timbrell there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, January the 22nd. Catch you tomorrow with the latest from the People's Bank of China, decision due out later today. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.